You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Fucking Real show with Lisa Cherney. That's me. This episode is one I've been super excited to record since the moment these 12 things downloaded to me on a plane. I could not wait to share them with you in a way that could help you to really look to see where you need to be starting on your Get Fucking Real journey. These are the 12 GFR commandments and the corresponding confession questions. Before I jump in to them, I want to give a little bit of a listener shout out. This is going to be a new thing I'm going to do on the podcast because I am just super appreciative of anybody that would take the time to write a review and to tell me how they're feeling about what we're doing. And it just, it just means so much to me. So this shit out, <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. This shout out goes to someone whose handle on iTunes is 50-year-old white woman. And she says, finally, a real conversation. In this social age, it's a relief to hear an interview from top producers at their most vulnerable moments. I'm way more interested in hearing how they pulled themselves out of a rough patch than hear a list of accomplishments. I'm touched by Lisa's compassionate, no bullshit interview style and walk away with survival gems for my own life. Bravo, Lisa Cherney. And bravo to you, 50-year-old white woman, for taking the time to write that review because I really believe of every review that we write on iTunes about the show, it shows iTunes and anybody looking at podcasts that this GFR thing, this mission, is for real. So if you believe in the mission, go ahead and add your voice to our awesome reviews. Okay, so let's jump into our GFR commandments and how to get started. I have been mentoring mission-driven entrepreneurs for 20 years and watching them blame marketing or sales for why their business isn't growing. But when we would dig in, very often there was an inner game, a belief-based, emotion-driven, energetic snag that needed to be uncovered before even the best marketing and sales strategies could work. And the 12 commandments are the 12 ways I saw over and over these best intentioned, purpose-driven people were getting in their own way and getting in the way of the work they're supposed to be doing in the world. 
The corresponding confession questions are the tools for excavation. So they will help you uncover where you're not being real. The commandments have been called activating, illuminating, and life-changing. They laser in on all areas that need to be examined. And if you dig in, this can lead to life-altering, fucking raw and real confessions. If you've been feeling burnt out or just craving change, these commandments are the help you have been asking for. The goal is a business you fucking love and a life lived without regrets. Is it time to GFR? If so, make sure you grab your copy of the GFR Commandments. We have this cool, sexy, full color roadmap for you. Just grab your copy at gfr.life forward slash 12C. And of course, there's a link in our show notes. The more you get fucking real, I truly believe this, the more you get fucking real, the more impact and the more money you will make. And this is the roadmap for getting real. So how I'm going to do this is going, I'm going to review all 12 and I'm going to give you examples from my own life and business examples and examples from clients too. And the idea is to not focus on all of them or do them in order. Okay. Type A perfectionist. Do you hear me? <laughs> do not focus on doing all of them. Do not worry about the order that they're in. There actually is no order. So what I recommend is that you review them regularly and you see which one really hits you in the gut. And that is the one to look at. That is the one to write about. And that is the one to talk about, especially with someone that you know is also on this GFR journey. All right. So let's dig into commandment number one. Commandment number one, don't compromise. And the confession question is, what am I tolerating? So the example from my life is that about 10 years ago, when I made my first real significant investment in myself to uplevel my business, I came home to see that my office, my physical office space was pretty half-assed. <laughs> and I looked around, I'm like, this is not showing the universe that I am serious about up-leveling what I'm doing here. It was kind of schlocky. You know, I didn't really have like a real desk. I like to work on a chaise lounge. And I thought that was pretty cool because that was my rebellion from corporate America. But I realized I needed, it was time to like get a real desk. Um, I upgraded my phone. I got a, a top of the line headset. Like th these things seem unimportant, but they are very important. These are foundational things right, that have us be able to do what we want to do in a way that really works and feels good, right? I even got one of those expensive chairs, um, which I'm sitting in right now, you know, 10 years later. And, you know, it's just the things you don't want to cheap out on um, that really show yourself and, and the universe that you mean business. So I was tolerating this, basically the schlocky office and all of these things I, I uh, specified. So just like look around for you, like what are you tolerating? What messes are you tolerating? What, you know, um, entry level phone are you tolerating? Those types of things. Here is another example from a client. So she found that she, she was really feeling like she didn't have control of her schedule. And when she looked, she really realized that she was scheduling appointments around her client's availability and their preferences. It's kind of, it's a, it's a, I think it is a, a, a pit that many fall into when they start their businesses. They feel like, you know, if they, if they are 
set their boundaries around the way that they want things or when they want things that they're going to lose clients, right? So they sort of bend over backwards to please people. And so we talked it through and she picked days and hours that she wanted to work. And she watched as clients, even the long time ones that insisted they had to like come on Saturday, she watched as these clients found a way to make her new schedule work for them. And of course, the ones that didn't, well, they turned out to be the ones that she had outgrown anyway and was ready to release. So that's a great example of things that we tolerate, right? And that probably even without me saying like, hey, commandment number one, don't compromise, confession question, what are you tolerating? That you might not even look at, that you might not even think about. They just become habits. Commandment number two, let go of what doesn't feel good. And the confession question that will help you explore if this is the one for you is, what doesn't feel good? So my most prominent example is from back in 2014, after I had hit seven figures in my business, and I realized it was not feeling good. I realized I was not having fun. And that was a huge confession, y'all. I mean, especially because I was teaching six figures on your terms. And I was looking around, looking at my business that I had created, and I wasn't having fun. Honestly, I was really burnt out. And it really took me indulging that voice in my head that was saying, I'm kind of tired. Like, I really would want to run away from home right now, <laughs> like, and run away from my business right now, right? You know that voice. And I decided to do a really scary thing, and I leaned into it. And I really investigated, like, okay, what could that mean? Like, how would I do this? And could I really do this? And like, and the more I did that, I realized that I actually couldn't not, that it would be impossible for me, the way that I live my life, to go back unconscious and to fool myself that I actually was really happy with the, what I had created. <sighs> so I began to dismantle it. And it took me a year or two because I had people enrolled in programs, but like I started and, uh, and it began to kind of wind down and it began to create space for new, more awesome things to come in. So uh, that was a really uh, big example of commandment number two. Here is um, an example from a client. So I had this, a client that uh, her business, when she first got started, was really focused on moms that were dealing with postpartum depression. She had a, a huge passion for this because this is something that she dealt with when she had her daughter and she was so frustrated with the lack of information and how people were so quiet about it. And so, you know, like many of us listening that are mission driven entrepreneurs, you know, our business is born from something that we have a particular passion for something that's super close to us. That's super personal. Right. So in the beginning of her business, it felt really good to give back. And she hoped that she would get clients by leading this support group for postpartum mommies. And a year into her business, this was, a, I think it was a weekly thing. Um, a year into her business, this weekly thing became more and more of a drain on her. There was only a few women that were showing up. It wasn't being really supported by the, the gal who was hosting it, which was, I think, a kid's clothing store. And she would close the store down at night and she would have this group and she stopped really paying attention to it. And now my client was like holding the energy for this thing. Also, at the same time, 
her business evolved to where she wasn't focused so much on postpartum, but more the overall challenge that moms had with feeling guilty, <laughs> you know, and helping them, helping moms that were really tired of feeling guilty and really focus more on self-care. So there was this double-edged sword of her, this group really diminishing in its original heyday and her shifting her focus, but she felt so guilty ironically, not so ironically, letting it go. So finally, with my help, <laughs> um, she had a difficult conversation, which a lot of these commandments often lead to, and she let go of the group. And, you know, of course, lo and behold, someone else had a real big passion for it. They invigorated and they took it over, which often happens, right? Our yes, one of my favorite mentors, Alan Cohen says, you know, your yes is, your no is somebody else's yes. And so her no was somebody else's yes. So that is commandment number two, let go of what doesn't feel good. And the confession question, what doesn't feel good? All right, let's move on to commandment number three. Don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. And the confession question is, where am I not speaking my truth? This is one of my favorites, y'all. It really, I, can't, I feel like I can say that about everyone, but... Um, and I know you're not supposed to have any favorite kids, but I think this might be one of my favorites. So, and that is because the best example of this in my life is this fucking podcast. <laughs> so I really saw how my clients would hold themselves back by not being real in their marketing. They would hide parts of themselves. They would kind of water things down because they, they wanted to appeal to the masses, right? Or they were afraid of like turning anybody off, right? And my passion was helping people to get really clear on who their ideal clients were because that's who they could best help. And then to tailor their marketing to attract those people. And the biggest secret to doing that was for them to be real in their marketing. And... Of course, calling your podcast Get Fucking Real um, can be very polarizing, as you can imagine. And I have had to deal with, over the birth of this podcast, I've had to deal with uh, people's feelings about it and their cautions about it, which are really, is there really their own things? And I ultimately had to really, really dig into my primary belief, which is I will attract exactly who I'm supposed to attract by truly being myself. So if you want to try to dig in to see where this might be holding you back in your marketing, I have a cool, a cool little exercise for you. So here's a question. What do you really want to say to your ideal clients that you're not saying? Like, what are you shouting in your head, but you don't express? Like, if you didn't worry about losing clients, what would you be saying to get their attention? It's kind of like I could picture like my hands on their shoulders, like one hand on each shoulder, sort of let, gently shaking somebody, like looking into their eyes. I'm doing it right now. Like what would I say to them in the most loving way? Put that shit in your marketing and that's going to get their attention. And of course, mine was get fucking real. <laughs> All right. Commandment number four, trust that your struggle serves your mission. And the confession question is, how will what I learn from this struggle serve me and my clients? 
how have past struggles served me and my clients? All right, so here is my example from my own life and my own business. So the struggle that I'll give is that many years ago, I had a group of private mentorship clients in an inner circle. In fact, I think this was one of the very first like uh, high-end small group mentorship programs that I had run. Gosh, this is probably going back, I don't know, 15 years. So it was gal and she had signed an agreement to be responsible for the, you know, the full five-figure investment. Um, and she wanted out. And more importantly than her agreement was I was really committed to her getting results. Like I just felt like, you know, I just, if she was frustrated, like I just, I wanted to put in the extra time and I wanted to help her get the transformation that she wanted. So over the course of several months, I put in a lot of extra, you know, time and effort because I think I was really, uh, I felt like it was going to be a failure on my part. Finally, after a while, I got clear like this wasn't feeling good, right? So <laughs> commandment number two, and that the highest probably good that I could do would be to let her go. And as soon as I did that, and I forgave her investment too, because I realized the money wasn't, like it wasn't worth holding onto that energy. And as soon as I let her go, the entire group energy shifted it up-leveled and there was like a serious like cool breeze <laughs> that ran through the group. I didn't realize how much I was focusing on turning things around for her and how much the group was being impacted. From then on, for this last 18 years, I have been more conscious about the clients I take on. So this struggle served me in that it really set me on a course for being, having a much more keen awareness about who I work with, who I say yes to. In fact, anybody that I work with one-on-one -on -one or even in my high-end small groups, I have a conversation with, a pretty long conversation with, to make sure there's alignment. Um, I'm much more clear about who I work best with and I like really, I'm willing to own that because I could see the hurt, you know, I could see what it causes when I don't. And I will give people their money back, you know, if I feel like it's not a fit. And of course, all of this experience helps my current clients too, because I help them to take a stand for who they, who they most want to work with, right? So that struggle not only served me, it, it serves my clients. So think about, you know, where, and if you're in a struggle, think about how it's serving you ultimately. And then if you are in the type of a, a business or, I mean, even if you're a parent, think about, okay, how has the struggle served me? And then how is it going to serve my kids? How is it going to serve my clients? And, um, and I, I added in the confession question, how have past struggles served me? Because I think sometimes we forget that those struggles have served us. And if we remember that, it helps us sort of see the current struggle a little bit more lightly and a little bit more on purpose. So if you want to see uh, me owning like who I work best with, <laughs> you can go to the page on gfr.life that is for uh, people that want to work with me. It's, I think it's called Work With Lisa. And I'm pretty clear in there. <laughs> I laugh just because um, it was fun for me to, to write because uh, it's really fun for me to feel like I'm calling in right? Those ideal people. So if you want to see an example of that, you can go to gfr.life, work with Lisa. And um, yeah, okay, great. So let's talk about commandment number five. <sighs> Make yourself your most important client. <sighs> this is one that is worth taking a deep breath about because it is so important. 
And it is one that I say at least once a week, make yourself your most important client. So the confession question around this one is, if I was my own client, what would I tell myself? What else would I tell myself? What else? So you get the idea. It's not just ask yourself once. It's like, okay, if I was my own client, what would I tell myself? Okay, what else would I tell myself, right? And this is so super essential for the mission-driven entrepreneur because so much of you up-leveling your mission is you doing your own work and getting it in your cells in a new way and then integrating that and then sharing it. In fact, that's what our successful, soulful entrepreneurs are sharing on the interviews is, you know, their GFR wormhole, their experience that they went through where they up-leveled their own mission through a significant dark night of the soul, a significant breakdown before breakthrough. And so it's really by design, I believe, that you will have many opportunities as a mission driven entrepreneur or a conscious individual to make yourself your most important client. So here's a couple examples from my clients. So for example, I had a a gal who was a self-care expert and she scheduled a retreat for her clients and was super excited about this retreat. And then she lost her dad and she was grieving, obviously, and processing this loss. And she refused to reschedule the retreat. She felt like she had made a commitment, you know, insert, insert reason, 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 right? Why she refused to reschedule. And I encouraged her to be honest with herself and her clients and just really, you know, right? Be an example of the very thing that she was teaching, except it's so funny, right? That you, even me telling the story, it's probably hard for you to imagine that she couldn't see how clearly this was an opportunity for her to be her uh, most important client. So she shared honestly with her clients. And of course, they more than understood. And she was exhibiting the very thing that she taught them. So another example of Commandment number five is a gal who was or is an empowerment expert. And she really wanted to attend a program that I was running. Um, She knew that it was really going to up-level her business. But she couldn't attend because she had committed to sponsor her friend's event. And I decided that that was not a good enough excuse. (laughs) And you think, but Lisa, she made a commitment and, you know, she didn't, she can't back out. And, you know, and she told me, she's like, I need to support my friend. I really feel like I need to support my friend. And the more I coached her, the more she explained how she couldn't let her friend down. Then she had like a instant sort of shocking awareness. Like if you were on the Zoom call, you would like see her eyes wide open and she put her hand over her mouth and she said, oh my gosh, I am a people pleaser. And it was like, it was like a shocking self-awareness for somebody who is an empowerment expert. And to her credit, she like GFR'd that minute and she 
said, that's it. I'm going to talk to my friend. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to just lean in. I'm going to see what happens. So she explained to her friend this conflict that she had, that she was, you know, she invested in this program. She wanted to attend this thing. It was going to really up level her business. She felt, she even told her friend, Hey, I feel like I'm going to be able to serve your event more after I've done this trading. And without hesitation, her friend gave her her money back and lovingly said, Hey, do what you need to do. And of course, the same day, somebody else got that spot, right? Again, is the uh, your no is somebody else's yes. And she attended the training, and I just remember seeing her in the audience thinking, like, it was such a just beautiful example of get fucking real and looking to see where we're getting in our own way with the beliefs that we have about how things should or shouldn't be done and things we should or shouldn't do. And if we don't question those things, it slows down our mission. That's really the bottom line. That's what all of these commandments are about. And just a special shout out when it comes to commandment number five for all of our healers, right? All of y'all that are in the wellness field, you are the most uh, prevalent abusers <laughs> of this forgetting to make yourself your most important client. And when I get to work with people more closely and I really hold up a mirror to them and really encourage them to do their work, their own work regularly, like make an appointment and pretend it is a very important client. Do not change that appointment, right? Honor that appointment. Do that work. I see them like just turbocharge their business and their results. It's like they... It's, it's, it's phenomenal. So if you fall in that category, consider this your wake-up call. All right, commandment number six. Have faith in yourself and your mission. Have faith in yourself and in your mission. <sighs> Confession question for number six is, what would I do differently if I had faith in myself and my mission? Okay, so here's an example from my life. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a deep breath here because I feel like I'm about to GFR y'all all over the place here for, for myself. I would, right? What would I do differently if I faith in myself and my mission? I would have less fear. And this would allow me to have more fun and to flow more freely with what I'm doing here. Sometimes I catch myself really cutting off the exuberance that I'm feeling for what I'm doing here with thoughts like, who do you think you are, Lisa Journey? Does anybody relate to what I'm saying? You know, then there's those uh, silly, like, don't jinx yourself thoughts, you know, or the ones where you're waiting for the next shoe to drop because something feels so good. Fuck that. I'm so tired of that. Even if it's not meant to be a success, I want to enjoy this while it lasts. I want to really lean into it. I want to let my most joyous GFR self shine through. And ironically, that will contribute greatly to this being a success. <laughs> it's like the unself-sabotage route. As a mission-driven entrepreneur, the fire in our belly is our biggest asset right? That is our advantage that we have over other businesses. This is our superpower. So anything that we do to dim that light will slow or halt our progress, me included. 
So if I had full faith, unabashed, unencumbered faith, I would kick fear's ass to the curb and I would launch this podcast called GFR and I would not look back for a minute. <laughs> Woohoo for me. <laughs> so that is what I'm going to do. I'm claiming it today. <laughs> All right. Commandment number seven, trust yourself, trust your gut. Confession question. What is my intuition telling me? What does my heart say? So here I want to confess something and my intention with my confession, sharing something that I've never shared before in a public situation like this one, is I want to show you how I got to trusting my intuition so fiercely. So many years ago, I think it is about 20 years ago now, I was working with a healer that somebody that I highly respect recommended to me. I have had a lifelong journey with migraine headaches um, for which I am in a wonderful place with right now. I feel like my journey with my headaches and getting to the cause of them has been a huge gateway for lots of evolution, lots of healing, lots of soul searching, lots of dealing with stress, lots of things around my body. So I feel like we kind of all have something like that that causes us to do some major exploration. So that was me and my migraines. So at this time, I was, and as those of us with chronic I feel like it's in my past. Those of us that have had chronic conditions, we get, um, we get really motivated to figure out what's the cause. And then we, you know, get to points where we have lost our juice for figuring it out. And we're like, I just need to live with it. So this healer was somebody that was recommended to me by somebody I highly, you know, I highly respect. And I was like in that place where I was like, I'm willing to try anything. And which is not a bad place to be. Um, that's not the moral of the story. So it just happened to be that this healer, um, after several sessions, um, touched me inappropriately when I was in a bit of an altered state, just touched like the front of my chest. And I don't say just to minimize it, but just to, to explain what he did so we don't have to imagine. Um, and, and, when I realized what was happening, of course, I was ashamed and I was pissed off and I really blamed myself. And I also was very tempted to draw some lines in the sand around not trusting people, not trusting healers, not trusting people that recommended healers, um, even condemning myself to a life of migraines because, you know, how could I have been so stupid? And like, you know, there's just a lot of shame that comes with these types of situations, as many of you well know. And thank goodness, I got to the place pretty quickly where I got fucking real. And I admitted, confessed to myself that I had some intuitions about this guy that I didn't listen to. I had some feelings about in prior visits where there was no obvious impropriety that there was something off and I didn't listen. 
I thought, well, this person was highly recommended, you know, I, you know, whatever, however we talk ourselves out of those things. So when I got real that I had had intuitions that I ignored, it was like, it was like a origin story for a superhero. <laughs> I feel like I'm like an intuition, like a superhero. I should have like a big eye on my chest. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like have powers. Like I knew. And I, I realized, you know what? I never actually have to have fear ever again because I have spidey sets. <laughs> like I, I, I now knew like in, in a most visceral way that I could prevent anything like this from ever happening again if I just listened to my gut. And so I share this to say, to, to really claim, you know, commandment number seven for myself, which is trust my gut, you know, trust myself, trust my gut. And, and all the ways still to this day that I get intuitions and I don't listen, I'm for sure, absolutely not perfect. But I, I often, um, I've, you know, telling the story really helps me to sort of relive the, the integration of that awareness around trusting myself at a whole new level. So, um, so I recommend it. <laughs> I highly recommend trusting your intuition. You probably maybe are even thinking about times where you didn't trust your own intuition and you had shit go awry. In fact, um, Karen Volo in episode two, you know, she admits that everything she went through was because she didn't follow her intuition. So maybe you just start with small things like parking spots, you know, you know, we're going through a parking lot and where should I turn left or right or gift ideas, or maybe you turn off your GPS and you just navigate somewhere, you know, on your, you know, on, on the force, <laughs> you know, or, you know, then maybe you move on to like decisions on what opportunities to take or not, you know, you do your, your due diligence, but you, you know, you listen to your gut um, and you listen to what to avoid. Um, invitations to accept or not, right? Like as you grow in your business, you have more and more opportunities and it becomes not a, a, about getting the opportunities, but about which ones to say yes to, which ones to say no to. It's a big way that I support my clients in navigating when they have lots of things coming at them and how do they feel and what's on purpose and all that. Maybe even what vendors to hire, like my accountant that's been with me for gosh, oh my God, I'm just realizing probably almost 20 years now. Um, she, I met her at a networking meeting for like two seconds and I had such a good feeling about her and she's been with me ever since and she's so fucking good. And so, you know, has helped me be super smart about the way that I deal with my finances and my taxes and all that good stuff. So trust yourself, trust your gut, ask yourself, what is my intuition telling me? What does my heart say? All right. Let's talk about commandment number eight. Know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And the confession question is, where do I need to pause or stop but haven't because of fear? So an example from my life is, um, I remember probably about five years into my business, I really needed some time off. But I had this very distinct, thought and belief that if I took some time off, my income would suffer. And it's very convincing, right? And I could list, you know, a bunch of reasons why that thought is true. If I take time off, my income will suffer. But I learned something from one of my other mentors, Byron Katie. You could check out 
um, her amazing body of work on thework.com. <laughs> um, and she gives all her stuff away for free. It's quite beautiful. And I learned from her that you could turn around statements and examine them. And sometimes they're truer, truer than the original. So I turned around that statement, if I take time off, my income will suffer. And I turned it around to, if I don't take time off, my income will suffer. And then I created a list of reasons why that was true or truer than the original statement. And it was so illuminating. Like I, I even remember where I was sitting in my old condo, which happens to be down the street from where I am now. And I remember where I was sitting on my bed and I, I was like, oh my God, like if I don't take time off, my income is going to suffer. Like it was a huge awareness. And I took two weeks off during the holiday time. That was the first year I did that. And I've done it ever since now. And um, I just know I need to regroup. I need to re get rejuvenated. It helps me tap into my creativity. Um, it just, you know, and now I pass that on to my daughter. You know, when she's feeling frustrated with schoolwork or she's hitting a roadblock, she's getting frustrated. I say, take a break. You know, she has a thing. No, I can't take a break. I just want to get it done. And, I'm, and I, I said, just take a break. Just take a break. Sometimes I just really have to persuade her. We put on some music or she go jumps in the trampoline or, you know, something like that. And, and I feel after years of doing this with her, she's actually getting it more and more. Like, I'm just going to take a break. Or she does it in the morning and she takes 10 minutes where like the night before it would have taken, you know, 30, you know, that kind of thing. So, so remember, we're talking about commandment number eight, know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And the confession question is, where do I need to pause or stop but haven't because of fear? So I want you to examine your beliefs, your excuses, your reasons. If you don't, you will stay right where you are. You will, if you're feeling stuck, you're going to stay stuck. At minimum, you will slow yourself down. Like, it's like creating static so you don't hear the clear direction, you know, like you're, you're, you're not going to be able to hear your intuition, <laughs> commandment number seven, because of the static that's created by not examining those excuses, believing those excuses, those reasons, those beliefs. You know, it's like clogs in the pipe of the flow of ideas to you. It's like, you know, clients and support will that are coming to you will be obscured, like your vision will be obscured. And if you know something, and if you know you sometimes get in your own way and that you don't see things clearly sometimes, then invest in support. Invest in, you know, being in a community where like this is like what, you know, this is what we do, like the GFR squad, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. And if not the GFR squad, like some other community or mentor where you like it's it's just commonplace to question kamala devi who is our episode three guest said that stopping was lucrative and not just from a money standpoint but from like a, the rich personal exploration she was able to do and the abundant like evolution that occurred for her afterwards so, you know, when we were talking on that episode, I said, well, you know, lucrative. And I was feeling a little bit self-conscious, like focusing on money. And she said, you know, you know what? I didn't even look at it like that. She said, I just really look at like how abundant, like how much I gained from stopping. It was just so lucrative. <laughs> and eventually from a money standpoint, but immediately it was lucrative um, from many different directions. So that is commandment number eight. So let's move on to commandment number nine. Know that if you have a specific mission or calling, 
There are people who need it. And the confession question is, if my mission was guaranteed to make money, what would I do? You know, I was so present to this one from the very beginning of my business, which was originally called Conscious Marketing. And I just knew, I just knew that if somebody just had this bubbling up, this passion, this like desire to help people in a certain way, like, like a, just that there, there had to be people who needed. I just, I just knew it. And then, of course, I saw this proven, you know, over the 20 years of working with people um, that if they got clear about that calling or that mission and they did the work to, you know, get the words to attract the people and, you know, like do the work to get out of their own way, that they would make a go of it. And so I've seen this lots over the years. That confession question, if my mission was guaranteed to make money, what would I do, is so potent. And I want to talk to you about um, a colleague, actually, Tamara Fleming, who gave me permission to share her story. And uh, you can find her at uh, upswingu.com. And uh, she and I were on a mastermind call, and uh, she was sharing about a business that about 15 years ago, she had raised half a million dollars from angel investors to launch this business. But it was a platform that was way ahead of its time. And eventually it failed. And she never let it go. And she admitted that she was just really suffering from this failure. And y'all, I could not hold myself back. I had to ask her confession question number nine. I had to ask her if, if your mission was guaranteed to make money, what would you do? And this is what she wrote to me the next day. You listened deeply and you asked me confession question number nine. If my mission was guaranteed to make money, what would I do? That one question opened the doors for permission to step back in and claim my soul's work. I did two things today as a result. I retrieved my corporate dissolution file and I read every document and I cried and I let the emotion flow. I can see how the last 15 years of critical self-judgment have kept me from living my brilliance. Your energy today and that commandment shifted me from thinking, no way will I open that door again to hell yes. Let's do this with all of the wisdom intact. Thank you, Lisa, from my whole heart and soul for helping me get fucking real. I'm now on my way to rebirthing my dream fulfilling my soul's mission. And she calls herself like the number one GFR fan. So uh, I share that with you because it just, I feel like it is such a great example of the potency of that question and how often we do close the door on things and we don't even realize it until we ask ourselves something like that and then a confession comes. Alrighty, moving on. Commandment number 10. Know that the struggle, stress, and pain you prevent with your expertise has enormous monetary value. Confession question, where am I not owning my value? What is it costing me? Oh, gosh, this is such a juicy one. And this one I have seen over and over again from, with mission-driven entrepreneurs that are really having trouble pricing their work, right? Really having trouble even giving themselves raises. So 
My first challenge is for you to stop thinking in terms of hours, sessions, calls, months, pages, modules, one-on-one versus group, number of people in the group, all of those logistical things. And start thinking about the pain you prevent. I know now I'm going to say something that may sound crazy to some of you. And for for others of you, you're going to be like, you go, girl. (laughs) I know now that one call with me can shift the entire trajectory of someone's life. This outcome is priceless. If they invest their last dime with me, I know that it's worth it. And if you're not there, this commandment is essential. Because when you don't own your value, your clients actually don't get the full transformation that you want them to get. They don't put in the work. They don't really own the process. And uh, this applies to us parents too. This applies to you as partners and you just as people. (laughs) If you feel any amount of resentment related to anything you're doing, that is a breadcrumb on the trail of commandment number 10. Because for you to feel appreciated, you must first appreciate yourself. For you to feel appreciated, you must first appreciate yourself. All right, that's all I'm going to say on that one. It's so profound and one to really think about and write about if it resonates with you. All right, commandment number 11. We are coming into the home stretch here. If you embrace that you are not the same person you were when you made those mistakes, they will not repeat. The confession question, what past mistakes are causing me self-doubt now? The number one most common quote-unquote mistake that I hear about that causes the most harm with the mission-driven entrepreneur has to do with hesitation around making investments because of a judgment about how a past investment hasn't paid off or didn't get you like the, you know, the desired result that you had at the time. Investments you've made in yourself or in your business in the past that have not paid off, that you maybe haven't taken full advantage of, that maybe even you blew off, you bought it and you didn't even follow through. Usually we blame ourselves, we feel some shame around this and it causes this really nice soup you know, that, that basically causes us to punish ourselves. And what that punishment looks like is we ignore the signs that we actually do need to invest in some help, right? We even, even if it's like super logical that like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Um, this is what I need to move forward, but wait, I can't make another investment because I really fucked up that other one. Right? So I want you to look where you might be doing that. If you embrace you're not the same person that made that mistake, quote unquote, what would you give yourself permission to do? What help do you need that you're not giving yourself? This is super healing. You are not the same person you were when you made those quote unquote mistakes and they will not repeat. You know better now. If I know you as a mission-driven entrepreneur, you are constantly evolving, you are observing yourself, you are learning from your mistakes, you are, you're you're not that same person. So if you can embrace that, then you can move forward and do what you need to do to take care of yourself and your mission and have faith to do so. So that's just one of the ways (laughs) that I see that this manifests, but you may have other mistakes or like situations or failures 
um, that are that that when you really connect with it, they're, they're causing you to doubt yourself now. So see what you can do about getting connected with those and healing those. All right, and number 12, drum roll. <laughs> Find where you're holding yourself back and do whatever it takes to get out of your own way. <laughs> this is like the catch-all commandment. And the question is, the confession question is, where am I holding myself back? If you suspect you're holding yourself back at all, but you don't know where or how, it's time to figure that shit out. <laughs> right? Remember, the, the, the GFR commandments are about helping you to get real so that you can make more money and more impact. And, and maybe even in the reverse order, if it feels better to think about it like that. Like, the more you get real, the more impact you're going to make. The more the more your mission, your way that you want to help people is going to come through and the faster it will come through, right? And of course, that will lead to financial abundance, I believe. So as a catch-all, find where you're holding yourself back and do whatever it takes to get out of your own way. <laughs> if you haven't yet, grab your sexy full-color copy of the commandments your roadmap for getting real at gfr.life forward slash 12C. And of course, also a link in our show notes. Many of our guests will be talking about their favorite commandments. One that is maybe currently speaking to them. Some of them are also picking ones that they feel would have been helpful sort of in the midst of their GFR wormhole. Others are really identifying a commandment that they feel like would have given them a much needed GFR moment along the way. Like it would have been give it, it would have given them that like confession that perhaps would have served them and shifted the trajectory of their story. And of course, you know, all of their stories uh, ultimately served the next iteration of their mission or their purpose. And, you know, this show is about helping people to live a life without regrets, which means dedicating awareness to where we're getting in our own way. So I, I look forward to you hearing from our guests about how they're using the commandments. So it's going to be a bit of a, you know, a, a Bible that we're using here and um, to <laughs> commandments, confessions, Bible, um, says the Jewish lady um, that we're going to be using around here. And I invite you to, to play along with us. And remember, the more you GFR, the more impact and money you will make. Oh, one more thing. Have y'all heard about the GFR squad? In the GFR squad, the commandments are actually our curriculum and the confessions are a cornerstone to our culture. As you can see, these can create a rich journey of self-exploration if you are wanting that. Right now, we have our founders special for the first 100 people that join the GFR squad you will get level two benefits for the level one investment. So level one includes our squad quad Facebook group, which is super juicy. It's so fun to be in there with people just GFRing all over the place. <laughs> and we will have a commandment of the month that we focus on with our discussions. Also, that is where our hot bonus just for squad members training from our guests will appear in, uh, in video. And our members at the level one we'll get our swag. Um, our swag starts with our sticker and we will be, you know, releasing more uh, GFR squad swag as we grow and develop over time. So that's level one. And if you are one of our first 100 founders, you're also going to get everything in level one plus our monthly confession call with me. Okay. This is live on video 
Come meet your fellow GFR squad members, some freaking cool people, I might say. You're going to hear some behind the scenes from me about the latest interviews and, you know, kind of the side conversations we've had. And then we're going to dive into your confessions. What do you want to claim that's not working? What do you want to own that you intend to change? Or just come and listen and get freaking inspired. So remember, for the first 100 members, you're going to get level two for the investment of level one, which is just 20 freaking bucks a month. 20 bucks a month. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and if you want two months free, just go for the annual $200. And uh, that will actually secure you at that level investment for life, right? So you, if you're one of the first 100 founding members, you are going to get level two confession call and all the goodies at level two for the level one investment for life, 20 bucks a month. Um, we still have spots, but they, people are claim, you know, people are getting excited. And so I, I wouldn't hesitate. I would jump in um, and claim your spot in the GFR squad. I look forward to seeing you over on our squad, squad, quad Facebook page. And um, I want you to jump in and start confessing and start, you know, we just did a whole primer on the commandments. I want to hear which ones resonate with you, which ones you're working on. We do have other opportunities if you want more private mentorship with me. So I get questions about this all the time. So I just want to talk about this for a minute. If you go to gfr.life, that's our website, and you go to the work with Lisa page, you will see who I am a best fit for and you can apply for a conversation with me. Honestly, I am happy to talk with anyone who is like-minded, who is serious about their GFR journey, who is ready to invest in themselves again, <laughs> and wants the fastest path to getting out of their own way. Now, here's the thing. We will likely utilize all of those other investments you have made in systems and blueprints and templates and strategies, and I'm sure I have been around them all. <laughs> and we will get clear on which ones you should be focusing on and when, according to what you want to create and what feels good. So if you want your business to feel good, <laughs> go to gfr.life, work with Lisa and check that out. And for most of you, the most fitting move is to join the squad. It's freaking $20. <laughs> it's really designed to not require much contemplation. Just follow your gut. Don't think much about it. And I will see you later on the squad quad Facebook page. Over and out for now.